Ready to boost sales and grow your business without the BS? Welcome to the Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We'll be sharing actionable tips across marketing, sales, and growth without the BS to help you skyrocket your business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. Excited to be joined by Alison Evelyn today. Alison is a Forbes featured copywriter, a speaker, a brand mentor, and a podcaster who went from 20 cents per word to $3,500 per day. Alison, a very warm welcome to the show. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. And I realized I have to actually update that. Now, officially, as of this week, I'm now $5,000 a day. So, so even, these Even more of a beast. Apparently, apparently. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to dive in. I get very worked up about everyone I'm about to talk about because it's not only I see the results from my clients in the power of words and copywriting and how how there's so much misunderstood in it and I, and how it's worked for my own business. So let's get turned. Love it. So we're going to be talking all about three main steps. And I think you've got a bonus one as for us as well on how everyone tuning in can use writing use content use copywriting to game change and grow their business but before we get into that for anyone that's not yet convinced Alison why is copywriting a skill that's essential if you're a business owner if you're in business if you want to drive more sales oh my gosh my heart actually lit up got massive at hearing that so Sam I can't see right now but I wonder if you're still there and maybe yeah I'm still here Oh, great. I just realized I was like, I'm going to keep talking in case he went offline and I'm just going for it. But hi, StreamYard. So, oh my God, this gets me so worked up because copywriting is that your words are power, right? They say the pen is mightier than the sword. And this, say, like, this comes from words are what we put out into the world. I think that words, oh my gosh. So think about how you ask someone, I often use dating as an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, if someone came up to you at a bar and you were and you were a 19-year-old single, I guess you wouldn't be in the US able to drink yet. So we'll say 21. And come up to you and said, like, girl, nice face, go out with me. Or if they came and said, you know what, I have to say I love this shirt you have on. In fact, that band is my own favorite. Could I buy you a drink? Those, what different experiences and what if nothing else is different except the words? Our words are conveying our intention. They're showing where our our soul is at, your business soul. I don't care if you're the biggest corporation, a solopreneur, a small business owner, a marketer. Words are what convert because you can have the best image in the world or you can have the, the ugliest fuzzy image. And yes, imagery and aesthetics matter, but based on what the caption is and what that says, I mean, there's a time where we've seen words matter. It's 2020 and 2021. We've seen what they have the power to do. And at times that can be scary, but we can use it for such good in the world and for speaking to our customers, having them feel understood and having them shown what we can do for them. Yeah. And this this is a bit of a tough one, but why do you think you, you put a good reference there, Alison, and this, this is particularly 
pertinent to myself being in in the web and digital marketing industry because I often have arguments, debates with copywriters when I say visuals are more important or load speed of your website is more important because if your website is not quick, then they can't even see the content. So, um, but yeah, that, that's another topic. But why is it that words pay so much of an impact? Is it from a psychological point of view? Is it from a visual point of view? Is it from the point of view that we've got to get a message across quickly? Or why why would you say that they're so important when it comes to specifically getting a message across or specifically selling? Oh my gosh, I have a lot of feelings on this. So one, I am all about the power of visuals as well. I actually come from commercial production background. I used to be on sets and produce commercials. And it's Great. interesting that I actually came from the world of setting up scenes and prop styling and doing all these things to create the visuals but I saw the power of words and that's actually how I discovered and became a copywriter. Now, the reason words are so powerful for anyone who's goes, oh, yeah, I know they kind of matter. Like sure your mm. words, but they're everything because words are, okay. They're live how we perceive the world, right? And we often, uh, in, in an accident, we can say words that are triggering people in ways we don't know. So let's say an image of a coffee cup. So it could be the most beautiful image of a coffee cup or be kind of fuzzy. And, you know, it does only so much like it's exciting or beautiful, but the wrong words that can really trigger someone. So, for example, whether we're talking about success or like you sh like you should wake up at 5 a.m. every day. Maybe they had a parent figure or someone in their life that was all saying you should and should and they never felt good enough. And by using certain words, we're actually triggering people with things they've been through from childhood. And so our words, they do so much because they're tapping into everything we've ever heard or seen in our existence. And most humans, in my experience, I mean, I've worked with thousands of people and personally on calls and in projects for hundreds of business owners and entrepreneurs, whether they're marketers, CEOs, uh, big companies, and words have that power to lift people up and bring hope and speak inspiration into the soul in a way that can actually rewire brain and psychology and also to remind people of things that like that one comment a teacher said to them when they were 12 years old, that they will always, they have felt hurt by ever since. And so that's what words, that's why they're so important and how we choose and select them and have people feel truly spoken to in the correct context. Yeah. 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 And that, that all makes sense. And that's, that's a great foundation for the build up for going straight into these these three tips these three strategies so yeah we'd love love to jump straight in really Alison and get into the juicy advice and have a bit of back and forth so what what's the first strategy that we should be looking at when it comes to creating content that's going to really game change our, our business our company right yes so strategy number one and I want to say it big with my extreme alter ego gloves <laughs> stop writing what you think you should be like that is the way that is not the way so what a lot of people do like marketing directors small business owners entrepreneurs freelancers is they're so often focusing on what they should be writing and it's right. really not the most powerful thing so we're so quick to be told you know think about your client avatar okay she is chloe and she's 28 years old and she shops at the farmer's market and we go into this very this experience where we're like end up disconnecting from what the company even does. And we go into this almost like outside, what does she need to be in thinking that way? 
instead, instead, what I really recommend people to do is to go within and ask yourself, like, what are these questions I'm hearing from people when they're in their dark moments? What is it that they are Googling at 1 a.m. because they're stressed out and they're burnt out and the thing they're Googling about that they actually don't even want anyone else to see? How can I help with that? How can I be here? Like, what is it that I care about? Why do I work here? Why did I start this company? Why am I freelancing? What is it that I actually would say to them if they were on my couch and we were sipping wine and maybe I'd had a glass or two and I said, can I be real with you? And let me give it, let me give two examples what I mean by this. It's yeah, like that'd be great. Be, should be writing because this is much easier with context. Sure. So I... Because I'm a personal brand. And sometimes I think people can easily point at, oh, well, like, you know, your your company, you talk about feelings, right? So, but I want to talk about, like, I worked for, I wrote copy for a mold and asbestos removal company. Now, some would say that's not like a sexy topic. But the thing is, we could do these posts and websites that are, oh my gosh, did you know that 10% of homes, you know, dot, 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 and talk about the laws and the legal of, you know, it was until the, the 70s that you could have asbestos in homes in the United States until it was outlawed. And yes, we can say these things that we should be like, here are the scary legal ramifications. But instead, like what actually matters? Why do I care about getting mold out of people's homes? What is my person stressed about? And you know, for example, what that comes down to, Sam, these are parents, all their parents, and they are so scared that they want it for their children. They want them to feel safe. They want them to be protected. They stay yep. up at night worrying, have I been a bad parent? Have I accidentally, do I have paint in this house? What, that could, what if it did something to my child and I didn't do enough? And so we come from this place instead of like what we should be writing about of like, if that parent was in front of you, what would you say to them? Like, what would you just say as a human being? And for me, what I would say to the parent is, as that company of, like, you're doing the best you can. I know you're scared for child safety. And so we come in, we make it a safe experience. We know it's not fun to leave your home. And I'm so sorry you have to. But you're going to have peace of mind and to play with your kids knowing you did everything to keep them protected. Now, how different of a message of that is five ways to get mold out of your house. Yeah, it ring it rings at home, doesn't it? It makes it more emotional. It more emotional. It makes you kind of buy into it a lot more, especially if you are a parent, especially if you've got kids. So that's and that's a great example. Really, really paints a picture nicely in, in your mind and shows you the difference between just using stats and using a, a kind of storytelling method that yeah, sets sets the picture nicely in people's minds. So how did how can we go about getting this juicy information, Alison? How can we dig into the questions that our customers are thinking about, the problems that are keeping them up late at night that are really on their mind? How do we get into this juicy material? Well, what a perfect lead-in to question number two, point number two of what I really recommend. Uh, before I do that, though, I do want to do a little riff off of what you just said. Yeah, so sure thing. So um, I want to clarify stats, metrics, data, we back things up. And I think we hear this, but I want to put it in almost like a formula form because I love a good formula, right? So humans are emotional creatures. And again, that doesn't matter if someone is like the CEO tech of a $5 billion company or whatever the whatever position in every human, 
we buy off emotion first and then we back it up with logic. So a human will say, oh my gosh, that pair of jeans looks absolutely incredible. Ooh, that would probably make me feel so damn good about myself. And then we start to justify, oh, you know, it actually, you know what? Um, I do like, I do have that thing event, you know, this, right. We start to back it up. So we speak to emotion first. So the mold asbestos, I'm going to go back to that example. We speak to the emotional, the concern, and then we start to back it up before people can even start to objectify. And we start to validate it and back it up with more information. Like it is possible. And you know what? We want to protect your children because this is very startling. Did you know 68% of homes, da, da, da. Then we back it up and then reinforce it again with emotion. I see it like a sandwich, like a Nutella banana sandwich of like, boom, emotion, justify, and then emotion, call to action. Okay. So that being said, point number two. That gives a good framework, I guess, because if you're talking about from a kind of website point of view, I guess you could use that emotion as the headline. Then you could back it up with some stats, like you said, from the data side of things. Um, so you've got the emotion by justifying it with logic and then perhaps some more emotion hit and then that call to action, whatever you actually want the person to do, whether it's from from a site point of view, it might be request a consultation or book a call or book a quote. But that puts it into a nice kind of framework that people can literally take away and put into their site. Or I guess it can be used on other formats as well, as well right? Whether that's something for print or something for offline or digital. Absolutely. Email, sales page. Uh, so sales page, a great example. So for example, I have a course and a program called the Unchained Copywriter. And, mm. and in this course, I teach copywriters the exact uh, methods, system, and give the templates that took me from 20 cents a word to now $5,000 a day. But I frame it first with the emotion of I speak to their where they're at right now, which is you are burnt out. You're probably almost ready to quit or you want to do this, you want to be a freelancer, you want to be a writer for a living, but you honestly just don't even feel like it's possible for you. And you are so tired and you feel trapped and suppressed with what you see for your life. It's not, but you don't feel like it's happening. And then go into, but look, like I will, here are the logistics. I did grow this much of my business. This is how much I make. I give metrics and then seal it back with that sandwich on the sales page of this is possible for you. This is hope. I'm not special in that. You can do it too join my program. Boom. And anyone can do this. this is applicable. I've written, I've written a lot. I've written a lot of sales pages, a lot of emails, a lot of websites. I've been doing this for nearly a decade. And this is, it's all really the formula overall, whether you're even posting on LinkedIn, because it's not even when you're selling something, but just when you're trying to get someone to sign up for a freebie or engage in a post, anything, anything. Makes sense. Cool. All right. Well, that's that's quite cool. a nice framework that we can take away. So moving into to the next point, how can we dig up this information? How do we go about finding out what really is keeping our customers up at night? What's most important to them and looking at it from their point of view rather than just what we think is great about our product or our service, getting the words from from our customers, customers' mouths, I have to say. Oh, this gets me so turned because it is often so different than what people think. I love getting on calls with my clients and challenging the heck out of what they think people actually come to them for. Because so often, I mean, someone watching or listening right now, I know there's someone listening who thinks they know what their customer comes to them for. And it's not true. Like someone listening right now. 
And I want to be ominous. That's just truth because I've seen it again and again. So here's point number two. And the question that you actually need to ask people um, is going to your customers and very, and I, I always, I always say this, Scott, make sure it's like a, your ideal customer. Who is the client who you wish you could work with that same type of person or them again and again? They're just like the dream client, the dream customer. I recommend, I've done this many times where I'll ask them to get on the phone like for 10, 15 minutes. And I don't say like, this is a testimonial review and make it sound all intense. I'm like, hey, we value you. I love working with you. You are an incredible human being. Can I just get into your brain for like 10 minutes? Because my dream is to work with and serve more people like you. I mean, holy crap. If someone said to me, I would get on the phone. Um, so I say something like that. Get on the phone. Here's the question though. Here's the question. Why did you choose to work with me or choose my product or my service? Right? Again, this does not matter the industry. It does not matter if you are a life coach for lemurs or if you run a coffee shop, right? Like this does not matter. Why do you choose me, my products, my services over anyone else? Right. And this is a very specific question because I think people ask, what do you like about me or what was great? But that's not the same thing. That's not the same as why me? And, you know, it's interesting. I'll totally ask this. And I, I always get resistance. And people have this like, oh, no, no, I know. It's because I do ABC. Great. Don't assume. You do not know that. I used to think that I knew why. Because, yes, I have ex I know things in SEO. I Yes, I can build out funnels. I know how to market and set up a website. I know how to wireframe. There's all these things. And I assumed it was like the tech piece. It was the marketing know-how and all of that. It's interesting when I got on with my actual favorite clients and they said, yeah, you know, those things are all great. And yes, like I have ROI and I thought it was me at income too, right? All, I thought it was me all about revenue. But like, yes, I, I'm getting more clients. People are paying me more. But what you actually did for me, Allison, was you showed me how to write like myself. I didn't even know what I sounded like until I worked with you. And knowing my voice, my stories, even remembering what is special about my brand, I can't, that's priceless. And I was like, are you what? I thought it was me about like numbers and metrics. It's just so interesting that we don't know. So ask this question, why did you choose me, my products, my services over anyone else? That will tell you so much on what you actually should be marketing to. Yeah, it's it's a great point. In fact, I did something similar with I've just started doing it recently been putting it off for a Ooh. while but speaking to speaking to some customers it's just amazing how just like you said Alison you think they went with you for one reason so just like you I might think oh I, I talked all the right tech stuff I wowed them with my expertise yeah. when really they're like no it wasn't any of that it was this and you're just like well wow. because even better if you record these conversations you could even show your team and they'd be like oh, wow, this is good stuff, <laughs> because what you think they bought for is often completely different to, to what you actually expected. Um, and without going on off on too much of a tangent, sometimes those conversations, I've, I don't know if you found the same, sometimes mm. they can be not just beneficial for yourself in terms of giving you this really useful intel on why your customers bought from you, but sometimes they might even lead on to say, actually, whilst we're on the line, you've made me think about that we need to look at X, Y, Z, or can we talk about this? Because you're on a conversation with them. So they might even <laughs> start a conversation about a future sales opportunity just because you've brought that up in their mind and they're, they're on that tangent. Business Growth Show is sponsored by Vidyard. 
Tommy was tired of cold calling and emailing his prospects and getting little to no response. He signed up for a free Vidyard account, allowing him to send personalized video emails and messages to his leads and contacts and saw results almost immediately. People loved the personalized approach and the fact he took the time to send a custom video explaining his offer and his solution and as a result, he stood out from his competitors, filled his calendar with quality appointments and smashed his sales targets. Sign up for your free Vidyard account today at vidyard.com forward slash BGS. That's vidyard.com forward slash BGS. The show is also sponsored by Web Choice. Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about WebChoice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Once we've chatted to this ideal customer and they've given us this really useful information, how do we bundle this up into something that's usable on our material, whether that's going to be a website, a landing page, or some some email copy? How do we kind of transfer it from their mouths onto a punchy piece of copy? Oh, oh yeah. Well, that's a whole... I mean, I can literally speak for hours, which I (laughs) train on this, because copywriting is, is... it's similar. There's so much to it. There's so much sure. to it. But here's what I, here's at the same time though, there's, there's things that are so simple to do that like the most important things in a lot of ways are like so simple. And so the main way to translate it that I want to share is point number three. So again, way to leave it in so beautifully. Um, my favorite writing method that converts that I actually to unlearn as an English degree. And I think it's really important. I say that because I think sometimes we think, oh, do I need this writing certification or, you know, I need to do A, B, and C to achieve these results. And yet I am someone who, I have an English degree. I have a minor in marketing. I worked in production. I have all these things that back me up. But when I became a copywriter, I actually just learned a ton of that stuff. Because the main thing, it's going to sound simple, but I'll give some examples, is... I want to write, and you, you might have already heard this, but I want to drive it home because I know people hear this and then I still read their writing and it's still like so formal. In our world, people are, are getting so mm, like that for detecting what's marketing when they're being sold to. I mean, with how long we're on the internet, we're on social media, like people know. And what we crave in this world, especially amid and after 2020 and 2021 is like just straight up human connection. And again, that doesn't actually matter what your product service is. They want real, they want raw. They want to feel like there's a human that they're speaking to and not this overly formal sort of vague website where it's like all white and perfect pictures of coffee cups and no faces. You know, I think we're, we're transitioning away from that. We want human realness conversational human so what i mean by that and um, let me like an example of something i have people do that'd be great all the time like they're like yeah like i, I hear it i hear it they'll help me review their copy or i'm working with someone right one-on-one and i say i won't even give them the v- review i'll just go okay read it out loud 
read it out loud. And so often when they read it, I'll then stop and say, cool. Now, would you say that in person? Like if we were on a call, would you say that to me? And I can't tell how often the answer is no. So we'll write things like, and again, I had to beat this out of me as an English major because it's like long, flowy sentences. Um, and we'll write things like, if you were to wake up tomorrow and you want synergy in the world where there is a exponential amount of growth potential, please see this consultation email for what could be the results of your ROI. Okay, where? Like, right. Yeah, I, th- I think I know and where you're going with it, but I'm liking it. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> right? Like this story sentence where you read it out loud and you're like, would I say that to someone else? If my best friend was here, no. When you recommend things, and I'm going to like worked up here. When you recommend things to people, for example, what are the products that you go on about? So whether you love monday.com for your, or Slack or Asana for your project management, when someone is in front of you, what do you say about that product? And they're like, oh my gosh, honestly, Asana just saves me so much time. I... I'm obsessed. Like I finally am not in my inbox for four freaking hours. Like, do you say this is a project management tool where the endless possibilities? No, like that's not when you're really excited about something. That's not how you speak about it. So I would really encourage anyone here to think about what you actually say to people when they're in front of you and what, when they walk out of a room, what do you want them to say about your product? Because I mean, it's something very conversational. It's simple. It's concise. It's not like this overflowing poetry of formality. Yeah, I really like that example of when you're speaking to a friend and you're perhaps excited about a product, just think about, I guess you could even refer to it as if if taking it away from your own product. Like if you saw a really good show on Netflix or something like that, and you were just talking to your friend about what you liked about it, why it was good, why it appealed to you and why you're trying to recommend it. Um, Because I've had to stop myself in the past, Alison, when I've been writing emails to perhaps prospects or clients, and I'm just putting things like, hope you're well, please find attached this on how it can talk about our return on investment and this, this. I'm just thinking, damn, this is too corporate. Um, And it's it's, like you say, it's just going to look like every other email that they get hundreds kind of spammers send them a day. That's just the same old generic BS that's not really had much thought into it. And like you say, doesn't resonate with them. So yeah, I really love that idea of you're talking to a friend, you're getting excited about a product and you, you're just talking about kind of how it's helping you out. Um, and should we just, in terms of the actual wording we use, should we just use what comes from our own mind? Should we get ideas from, again, the interviews that we've carried out previously with our customers? Is there a balancing act that we need to bear in mind here? Ooh, this is such a good question. I want to riff off actually a few things off of what you just mm. said and then this question. Um, because it it all actually brings into this question really, really perfectly about, because, well, one, I will say it is a balance between your own words and your customer's words. I automatically always want to say that because I believe the most important thing is to first go, what is the foundation of this business? What do we stand for? What do we care about? Why am I here? Why do I get up and do my 30 minute yoga lattes and make a coffee or you do your Peloton, like whatever, and get hired up to sit down at your laptop and do the work. Like, why? Right? But it is also your customers. So, for example, I do use my audience's language. I tweak it based on who I'm speaking to. So, for example, when I'm with my copywriters in my group, Den Chain Copywriter, I can say things like, look, you're ready to know what the hell your CTA is. Because they know that means call to action. 
Now, when I'm training and copywriting, or I'm working with people on developing their message, their stories, how to actually speak, you know, if someone has, you know, runs an accounting firm and they're not immersed in my world, I know they don't know all my terminology. Like when I'm like, oh, what's your lead magnet? They're not going to know what it is. So I say, what is the free thing that gets people into your service? So I'd say the main balancing is honestly around terminology and remembering where your people are at. Remember where your people are at. I think it's so easy for us to think people, it's so easy for us to underestimate how much we know, first of all. Like we, and to overestimate what other people know. Um, Not in a term of like, oh, you know, I think sometimes we say things like, Talk to people with their children, um, you know, make your message so simple a five-year-old can understand it. And yes, in, in a way, but I think that's not to dumbify our, our audience. It's like to come at them with like love and service of, you know, they're doing their best. They're busy in this world. People are stressed. People are hurting. People are going through so much. And how can I simplify it and speak to where they're at with something? So whether it's the mold asbestos removal company, if you run a project management software tech tool, if you run a coffee shop, if you do have a VA virtual assistant business, whatever it might be, like, where is this person? Like, what do they even know about your world? So how can we break it down and really change the lexicon to make sure that they actually know what you're referencing? Because a lot of people also don't want to ask. Sam, like a lot of people, people want to feel smart. People don't want to feel, they're so quick to think like, I'm dumb. We're so hard on ourselves as human beings, you know? And so how was any chance that we can alleviate people where they're at and speak to them so that they can feel empowered? Not like, you know, you don't know this, but instead of, look, like you're trying out project management tools. You're haven't worked with a copywriter before. That's okay. That's why I'm here. Like speaking to those pieces because that, that also sells. It's not like it is understanding. And so many people come to me because they actually feel like the space they can also ask questions. They're like, oh, so I can actually ask you this? So many people are so afraid to ask anything. Like on a sales call. I mean, the amount of times I look back, I mean, I'm a transformation, right? Woo, of how my sales calls are. Um, and I don't, really, I don't do them anymore because people just go to my website and boom. But for a long time, I realized, you know, people didn't think it was okay to ask questions or they had questions. So I'd have to literally say to people, um, I recommend this if you're on sales calls, um, you're sending out email marketing, right? Pretty much anything. Like if there's something you're not sure about, is there an experience you've had, maybe you're even scarred, you've worked with a software like this before. Is there, is there something that has you a little bit of afraid right now? And that's okay. It's a safe space. If like, is there some reason you're nervous? And then just like go silent. And it's wild how people like have answers. And that's so telling because so many people have so many fears, whatever field you're in, and give them like space to um, like actually speak about it. Um, but part of that when it comes to say, like with the balance of writing as your words and their words, um, again, like that call, why'd you choose me over anyone else? Is a great is a great place to kind of see how they use words. Um, also just start to notice like what people ask you. I was like, yeah. I, like, confirm, like, what do people actually ask you? Like, emails. And you know, sometimes, you know, it's easy to get a little bit feisty, a little salty. If we're like, oh, my gosh, like, someone else is asking about. It's right here. It's right here. Like, the PDF's over here. If people keep asking also the same question, though, one, that's telling you what to talk about. And two, can help us clarify things in our process. Like, a lot of copywriting is also us 
needing to clarify what we do for people because I think it's very we need to also point the finger back at ourselves sometimes like okay if there's people are confused there's something I'm not conveying I need to make sure I'm getting more and more more clear on this um yeah yeah that's what that, I mean. yeah something that's resonating for me Alison and, and that's all great stuff is understanding where your audience is at so and I've been guilty of things in the past perhaps because in, in my world, in digital and marketing, there's a heck of a lot of jargon, which you touched on a bit. There's just to name a few. You've got SEO, PPC, ROAS, you've got ROI, oh, yeah. you've got CPC, all these all these technical terms that to someone outside so of jargon. marketing might be like, Sam, what the bloody hell are you talking about? And I'll just be like carrying on like it's like it's nothing. And then not realizing that the person I'm talking to might not be a marketer. So in that, in that case, I might need to kind of explain it in, in something that might be a lot simpler to understand. And we, yeah, we've talked about this on the show, just like you quite like rightly said, sometimes act as if you're talking or you're explaining your product or service to a four-year-old. But I liked how you flipped it um, and looking on the reverse. If I was speaking to someone in my field, like i.e. a marketer or a, a marketing director, marketing manager, whoever the heck it was, then they may understand those terms already. So if, if you if you take the time to understand where your prospect, where your customer's at, that sounds a lot more effective than um, yeah, just do, just doing one or the other. So balancing out, like you said, is a is a really good point. So yeah, like like that, that makes a lot of sense. Much, it's much more effective. And um, speaking to their problems. So for example, if someone is a mid level manager versus are they the CEO and founder of the company? Those are very different mindsets, right? So if someone's like this middle manager and mm. you're like, look, you need the software, you want the tools that keep your people happy, but your boss is happy with you and you're that's so you can juggle everything because you did it, right? You can speak to them. The founder, you're like, look, I know you founded this company because you were pissed off with blank. Like I've read your bio, like your, you know, I saw your Instagram post the other day about blank and like this company is your freaking baby. You want it to be so powerful and change lives and obviously want to make more money. Like this is your company and I want you to take the power back with this tool. Like the, it's a completely different way of speaking based on like how someone is also who the decision maker is and what their decision process is going to be like. I also people, yeah, people speak to the, the wrong decision maker often. I see that a lot. So like, who are you actually speaking to and speak to them and like what they're in. Um, and then my final little thing before we go into our final point, unless you have any other yep. question. Um, so in writing, so you know there's a lot of miscommunication through text, right? Like sure. this is why so many of us use emojis. We use emojis to make sure people understand our tone, right? We know the statistic. 70% of communication is nonverbal. It is tone, it's inflection, it's movement. It's me saying like, uh, you know, one thing with two different tones of body language is has different meanings. And so with copywriting, what uh, it's really great to imagine, okay, if I read this and there's no tone, who is someone if they were like, even imagine someone in your life, who is someone who's salty about everything? Like they're they like, they want to be offended. Like, oh my gosh, how dare you? You say something about jeans. What are you saying about my fashion style, huh? Like who is someone who's going to be like pissed off all the like, very easily. I brought that up. I heard this time about oh, a copywriting principle was basically this idea of, of imagine someone who's reading this because I will often read people's copy and I'm like, just remember how that could come across. 
because in writing things, it's just very easy. So you always want to make sure it's coming across with intention. Like you should, like, you should use Facebook ads to grow your business. So like I've been trying versus like, we know you want your business to grow. That's why I really want to show this new way of doing Facebook ads because you have worked hard and I get it. People want credit. People are working so hard all the time. And I think marketing can often like feel like it's calling people out. Mm. Yeah. So, so look, looking at thing, looking at your copy, looking at your content from a, a different point of view, it sounds like. It's a lot of, yeah, just a lot of angles, mm. a, lot of, a lot of camera angles. Yeah. 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 makes sense. Cause what my opinion of one piece might be completely different to how, how someone else sees it. So yeah, I get that. And is, is there a, and this could be a, probably a whole episode in itself. Is there a way that we can do that? Do we just ask our peers, our colleagues, our prospects to glance over our content before we push it live on our website, on our emails, newsletter, wherever we're deciding to do it to, to actually take action on that? I think this depends in a couple of different ways because it does depend mm. on your business. I see another problem. Like we do want feedback, but I think it's almost more important to go through and do the work, get on the calls, talk to the people, read the questions from your audience, go to your Facebook, Instagram, your social media, your LinkedIn posts, read yeah. their comments and pull the language that way because it can get messy. We're also showing things for too many people and people also don't always, people don't always actually know what they need to hear. Like I could say to a copywriter um, for my group, the engine copywriter, I could say to someone who wants to be a freelance writer, like, how does this sound? What you need to hear? Like, I need to hear that. I want to make more money. I want to hear that. I want to get my first client. But what they actually need to hear, what I know is my audience, the real thing is they want to finally feel a life of freedom where they can actually do what they love and use the skill that they were told was going to be a starving artist and they can never make any money with and feel a sense of victory and freedom in their life. But they don't know that's what they need to hear. I know that from like my process and getting to know people and my, my people. Um, so it's dangerous. Like, like actually most of my work now, I don't, I get really clear first and then I show it out. So I'd say more focus first on like reading people's social posts, reading the questions, like taking in what they don't even know you're studying about them. Because a lot of us, yeah, like we don't know what we actually need to hear. Um, and that kind of leads to see my, uh, fourth and my final thing. Sure thing. Wrap this bad boy out. Cause I know I'm already like throwing a lot of things out. And some people might be like, oh, this seems like a lot of emotional stuff. You know what? Copywriting is emotional and humans are emotional beings. So if anyone is still skeptical, I just want to put that out. I know that's how it feels, but this is the stuff. Like, this is why I charge $5,000 a day and I have people on my wait list. And I don't even talk about metrics really anymore. Like, yes, I've made people millions, but like, that's not, it's like the emotions of speaking to where they're at. Okay. So, um, bonus writing step. So, the number one way to address objections, the number one way to address objections is this two-word statement, even if, even if. It's it's literally like, if there's no two, there's no magic bullet um, blender, although those are great for the margaritas, but there is no ma- magic bullet two-phrase word, right? But if there could be one, I would say it's even if. Because humans, we are so quick to think we're special, often in the wrong ways. You know, we're so quick to not see how we're unique but we're quick to see what we think is wrong with us, right? Which is a evolutionary biological trait, which I get onto the psychology, but basically that's how we're wired. That's how our brains work. So someone is very quick to go. And we're like, yeah, I'm like, do you know you could have a morning routine where you're energized every day at 5 a.m.? And you could have an hour to yourself every day. Immediately, immediately. Like 
at like within 30 seconds, right? Our brain is going, whoa, whoa, you don't know me. Like, who knows, right? I have, I have kids. I run a business. I do this. I do that. Like, I've never been a morning person. My thought, like, whatever, whatever it might be. I can't picture out coffee. I live without coffee. I've drank coffee for two decades. So we have to, we got to address objections primarily before people even know they have them. So even if, so you could be, you can be a morning person, even if you've never been able to wake up before 9am without needing a cup of coffee. And now someone's a little bit like, oh shit, they just totally called me out. Okay. Like, all right. Like, it's so different than just, if I just said, Sam, be a morning morning person. You could do it. It's like, you don't know me. But then you, you call it out and they're like, oh, you kind of know me. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you're blocking the objection that you already know is coming if you are almost as if you were talking to someone on a conversation. So you might be talking, this is how I picture it in my mind anyway. So I might be saying to my friend, yeah, I've been going to the gym five, six o'clock in the morning each and every day. And they'd be like, there's no chance, Sam. But then you say, well, actually, it's, it's almost like saying, well, actually, but obviously you're reading it in a website copy or an email copy. So you're saying, even if you've got this in your mind, you can you can still achieve it by doing this. So it's, it sounds to me like you're blocking the objection that someone's about to to get in their mind and then going ahead with it. I love that you said that. Oh my gosh, I like my soul is fist pumping right now because the, the fitness workout is, is perfect. Workout and exercise are just such, it's such great metaphors because we all often see things through that that we don't always translate to other parts of the business uh, or marketing. So yeah. it's funny you say that because one of my longstanding clients is absolutely incredible. Her name is Kim Constable. She is the sculpted vegan. She is the now uh, highest paid vegan body lifting, bodybuilding, weightlifting coach in the world. Um, and it's been so, so cool to watch her grow. So she, for example, something we talk about often with her, she, like, we'll say, you know, get this ripped, shredded body and feel stronger than ever in this. And, oh, I mean, the objections people could have, right? And we always like, I mean, it's very intentional in her marketing or sales pages. And I talk to our audience about this all the time is that, and we go, even if you're a mom, you have kids, you have even had, um, you know, you've, you're in your fifties, sixties, because she is a, not only is she a mom, she's a mom of four children and homeschools them. So we do a lot of, look, you can achieve this result and this body. And if you want to feel this way, even if you're like me and you're a mom and you're a homeschooler and I run this business and I'm in my forties and most of my clients are in their fifties and sixties. And immediately so many people, and I mean, I see the messages. They're like, oh my gosh, I didn't think it'd be possible, but I see her and she calling, you know, people in their fifties, all these children can do it. And it's amazing. Like what that does. Like everyone who's watching, listening, what is the phrase for you? Even if, even if, and it's not always demographic. It's not always, you know, even if you're a parent or children, like it's, you know, even if you don't think it's possible right now, even if you've tried three other marketing platforms and each of them, you want to shove your face into a wall because you're so stressed, right? There's always an even if you just have to find yours. Yeah. 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 And I guess, I guess you can grab some of that from objections you've had from your customers in the past. Oh yeah. You just... Nice. Well, that, that wraps it all up really nicely, Alison. So essentially to, to quit a quick recap of all the scribbled down notes I've got. So 
utilizing rather than just jumping in for your headlines and your copy with perhaps stats or boring information or generic stuff that every other company's got with we want to get our customers emotional we want to use things like questions that are keeping them up at night um so something that's really going to strike an emotional chord um so i know you reference one about keeping your family safe for the asbestos company because that's something that's obviously going to be close to their hearts and then justifying that with logic um at the end where that might be putting in statistics that are relevant to your product or service a bit later on and putting a bit more emotion than using that call to action. Interviewing your ideal customers. So getting on the phone with them, getting on the Zoom with them and then finding out what was that exact question you asked them, Alison? Why did you choose me, my products, my services, this company over anybody else? Awesome. So asking them that specific question and obviously taking notes, understanding why, and then utilizing that human connection, putting a non-formal per presence, um, as if you were actually talking to a friend, as if you were talking to a person, rather than using all the corporate talk in your in your content and understanding where your audience is at. Any final notes? Anything to wrap it up, Alison? Anything else we should bear in mind before we, we bring this to a close? Oh, this has been so juicy. Thank you so much for having me here and for everyone who's here and listening. I think the final thing that really comes through for me to share is this. When if you if you feel like you've been speaking more corporate or formal, and this part of you is like, oh man, I I my goodness, I want to speak more conversationally. Why is this so hard for me? Or why do I tend to? I just want to give a moment to give your yourself, your company, uh, some grace to pivot, because for many many years, you went to middle school, high school. If you went to college, right? If you went on to any other training, most of our lives we have been taught that to be professional, to be in business means to speak professionally and professionally as in formal, as in safe, as in saying could not have versus couldn't instead you know, using these long drawn out terms. And so there is nothing wrong with you. There's nothing, yeah, there's nothing wrong with you because like, I really want to confirm because I, I hear a lot of people who then who find it so hard and they're going, oh, like, why do I keep speaking? Why are these terms of like synergy keep coming out of me? Like, we've been <laughs> trained for so long. Yeah. Like our brain, I mean, going to the, again, all the brain stuff, like our brains really, I mean, they're wired literally. Like we have neural pathways that come from certain ways based on especially what is praised, what is told is okay, what is told is all right to do. And so it, it's going to take a little bit to break that, to shake things up. And so if this is a new way of writing for you, that's okay. It's part of the process. Just because something is hard doesn't mean it's wrong. Great. Yeah, great way to wrap it all up. Well, Alison, really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks very much for coming on and chatting us through all things content and how to grow your business and game change it through your copy. And with that, please do tell us more about how we can learn from you, how we can connect with you, and the best way to get in touch. Absolutely. So it's been so wonderful to be here. I am so excited for you to speak about, to get more information, to get more exa like examples, um, even free tools and resources I have. Uh, go to my website, which is allisonevelyn.com. Allison is two L's and an I, allisonevelyn.com. And if anyone else is also there, an example of what it means to really speak not so formal and speak in this raw, authentic way, You'll, you'll see some words on the site that are maybe startling. So alisonevelyn.com. And there's free resources on there. I'm also really active on Instagram. 
So Instagram is Evelyn underscore. Send me a DM. It is in me there in the inbox, responding, chatting. And whether there are here on like uh, if you're on LinkedIn, if you happen to be listening there, do message me and let me know what resonated. I really care. Like I don't just come on here and say all these tips for fun. I mean, it is fun and I love it. I want the world of business and marketing for people to feel changed and to feel confident and excited about selling versus, oh, I'm afraid to sound sound salesy or see. So I want to know what stuck with you, your takeaways. So please, please message me here on, on LinkedIn or on Instagram, Allison Evelyn underscore. I really actually want to know. I really want to know. Brilliant stuff, Allison. Thank you once again. Really enjoyed the chat. Oh, it was great. Thank you. Cheers. And if you enjoyed the show, be sure to hit subscribe wherever the heck you get your podcast from to Business Growth Show. We interview business leaders each and every week to provide actionable tips across marketing, across sales, all with the goal to help you grow your business and grow your revenue. All the links for Alison will be over at businessgrowth.marketing in the episode notes. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in.